name's Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. Hey, everybody, I'm Ahmad Zaidi, and I have a limp and a disability. And this is Limping on Cloud9. Jonathan, how are you doing today, man? Everything is going well, and I'm doing way better than I deserve. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way about every minute of my life, usually. <laughs> you know, today is number 35. Man, that, that, we're, we're cranking along here. We're cranking along, and before I get started, I wanted to thank this gentleman that tweeted me a few days ago saying that he went to our limpingoncloud9.com website, but it didn't load quickly enough for him, or there's something wrong with the loading. Yeah. So I really want to thank him because we figured that issue out. So yeah. if you're out there and you've gone to the website and it's not loading or it's being funky, it is corrected thanks to Mr. Jonathan Nato. <laughs> <laughs> so it's back up, and please come back. We want you back home. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, again, th- you know, thanks for pointing out to us because we don't realize that. I mean, we record the episodes and we upload them. But honestly, I mean, I there's no reason for me to go to the website. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if it's up or down. <laughs> yeah, and I check the website every now and then, but not as much as I should. So yeah. for the gentleman that tweeted me, thank you kindly. Yeah, definitely. And, Jonathan, before we get started, can we talk about Toys Accessible just so people know about it? Yeah, so they don't have to wait yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, so Toys Accessible is a website that has uh, toys that are accessible to children with various types of disabilities. So whether it's blind, deaf, it could be low motor skills, it could be children in wheelchairs or learning disabilities or autism, all kinds of things like that. These toys and manufacturers uh, take uh, these disabilities in mind when they create these toys and so they're built specifically for children with disabilities so if you have a loved one or if you have like a cousin who has a kid with a, some type of disability or something you know go to toysaccessible.com point them to toysaccessible.com and you know it's a great opportunity to get these kids some toys with their needs in mind yeah it is a wonderful place we're very excited about being involved and let's see now we should roll into the episode absolutely so in the last episode, you'd mentioned something, and I forget what it was, but you triggered a memory for me, and I mentioned to you that at some point I need to talk about how I became disabled. Yeah, yeah. So 35 episodes in is a bit <laughs> late to discuss it, <laughs> but I thought we'd do that today if that's okay yeah, with you. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I actually well, don't know this whole story either, so... Well, you know, I did mention in episode one that I was dropped on my head, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I know I say it lovingly and jokingly, but I actually was. I, I wasn't dropped on my head, but I, ha- I had a head injury, yeah. right? So let's start with the beginning. Now, part one is the part that I don't remember because it happened when I was six or seven months old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But as a young boy, my parents used to put me on their bed and put tons of pillows around me. Yeah. Right? Yep. And I'd lay there and they'd play with me, whatever, and they'd always be on the bed with me. Right? Yeah. And then one fateful day, many, 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 many years ago. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my mom was making my dad tea. My dad was in the room with me. I was in the middle of the bed with all these pillows all around me. At probably six, six and a half months old. And my my mom said, hey, your tea's ready. And from what I understand, my dad got up, 
didn't even leave the room, just got up and turned his head to get the tea from my mom. Yeah. And at that very moment, little Hamad decided that it was time to change my life. (laughs) (laughs) So for the first time in my six months or six and a half months of life, I decided to roll over hard enough that I would go over one of the one or two of the pillows that were like of the, tucking of the me blockade. <laughs> right. So I saw the blockade and I'm like, I got to get over that wall. Right. Yeah, exactly. So my little body rolled over the wall. I fell onto a concrete floor on my head. Whew. Right. And immediately there was a blood clot forming in my brain. Man. Right now, here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing about this, Jonathan. They picked me up, rubbed my head. I cried. They comforted me. And then it all seemed fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, and they called their doctor, my doctor, and they said, hey, our son fell on his head. He's crying, but now he's not crying anymore. Should we bring him in? And the doctor's like, no, you know, look at his eyes. And if his eyes aren't dilated and if certain things aren't going on, he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. Right. And my mom and dad are like, are you sure? We'd rather bring him in. And the doctor's like, no, no, he's good. He's good. You know. So what happened is they didn't think anything was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'd already learned how to sit up by then. Okay. You know, against a wall. Yeah. And over the next couple of days, my mom and dad realized that when I would sit up, when they'd sit me up against a wall, I would start leaning to one side. Mm. And they're like, wait a minute. He used to be able to sit up. Yeah. Like two days ago, he could sit up easily. Why is he leaning to one side? So... At that point, two, two, three days later, you know, they called the doctor again and then said, hey, he's leading to one side. And the doctor's like, I told you he's fine. Don't worry about it. And they're like, oh, no. Man. <laughs> they're like, no, 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 no. We're bringing him in. So my parents brought me to the hospital and then they sat me, you know, the doctor looked at me and the doctor's like, well, there could be something wrong. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> right? uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. I'm trying really hard just to be comical about this because. It's really depressing. Yeah, no, right? seriously. Uh, to to me, it's super depressing, but um, I'm trying to keep it lighthearted. So the reason it's depressing to me is that it never should have happened. Not mm. the fall. Accidents happen. I've never been angry about falling off the bed at all. At all. Yeah. My thing is... The the doctor saying don't worry about a head injury don't bring him in I know <laughs> kind of, yeah it, yeah it's, it's a little it's a little flawed yeah it's, I, right yeah I mean you'd rather waste you know twenty minutes or half an hour of someone time you know come in bring him in we'll take a look at him instead of just you know I mean you're better safe than sorry you know so like you yeah, said at, especially with a head injury and a six month old falling off of bed I mean you know come on yeah exactly exactly. So what wound up happening is two days later when they actually took me in, the doctor said, well, let's do, you know, some tests. And they ran some tests on my head. Mm. And, they, and they said, you know, it looks like your son's got a blood clot in his brain. Right? Mm. And this is the part 
that just rips into me, mm. right? Mm. They could have, from what I understand from many doctors, they could have just relieved the pressure. Mm. Like, they like, could with have a, just, like with a stint or whatever it's called? Like a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. They just could have, like, relieved the pressure and the blood clot would go away and I wouldn't have a disability. Mm. But apparently, one of the doctors told my parents that he felt, and actually, I think the doctor was a woman, to be honest, but the, the doctor felt that, you know what, they could do this, but they don't want to mess with Hamad's brain, right? Yeah. And secondly, you know, maybe this was God's will. <laughs> and, <laughs> when I hear that, when I hear that a doctor could have just relieved blood pl- a blood clot in my brain and I would be completely physically normal and they chose not to for those reasons, that's what rips at me. Mm, mm. You know, that's what still to this day makes me think, I cannot believe anyone gave you a medical license. <laughs> I, after that story, I'm because so, I'm you know in the, in the earlier episode with the dentist, you know you said how your 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 at least your mom I don't know if your dad's the same but has such a high regard for you know medical you know practitioners and doctors and stuff. I'm surprised that at that point she's like I'm never trusting a doctor again. Yeah, and you know I'm surprised too. And you know it's funny is my mom obviously likes my wife more than me because my because my wife is a doctor. Right. Like no matter no matter what I'm discussing with my mom, my wife my my mom is like, yeah, but Shaheen is a doctor. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know, and I love her to death, and I'm an entrepreneur. So what's the difference? And she's like. But she's a doctor. She, she's got right? the trump card. <laughs> right. She's got the trump card. She's got because the ace. She's got the MD behind her name. Exactly. Right? So that was just part one mm. of this journey. Mm. Right. And and, and, but, and and I don't know if this is uh, has any if it's pointing to the story. But at this point, you're, you guys, you, your family lived in Pakistan, right? Correct. This okay. all happened in, in Lahore, Pakistan. OK. OK. Right. The, the reason I've never been guilty or angry about my disability is because it was one of the major factors that got my parents to move to the United States. Mm, mm. So I look at it like limp and useless left hand versus living in Pakistan my whole life. I'd rather have a limp <laughs> and a useless left hand and move to America. Now, right? did, they, did they move there due to like getting you know better like medical treatment and stuff for you then? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, my, my, my uncle lived in Kansas, which is why we wound up in ah, Kansas. Okay, he, okay. He's, he's the one that sponsored us, and I needed medical treatment. I see. Right? So it was, uh, and you know, a disabled kid needing medical treatment probably helped getting the visa. Totally, yeah. Right? Yeah. Way back when. Yeah. When you already had an American citizen family member sponsoring you. Right, yeah. Right? So. On that note alone, I love the fact that it's the rent I had to pay to become an American citizen, which mm. I think is amazing and I love to death and I always will, right? Yeah. But, Jonathan, that was only chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Several years later, and here's what's really weird because I was thinking about what I was going to discuss mm. and what topics we were going to, what aspects of this topic we were going to discuss today. Yeah. And... I've always said in many of my podcasts that 
my mom and dad always treated me as being completely physically normal. You know, they, they, they made me mow the lawn. They made me clean my room. They made me do everything. And if it took me longer, so be it. It yeah. just took me longer. Right. 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 But at the same time, that's true. That's always been true. But at the same time, Jonathan, they never missed an opportunity to try to fix me physically. Mm. Right. Mm. So whenever a doctor came out and said, hey, I can fix your son's hand or I can fix your son's limp. They'd always be like, we have to listen to this doctor. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And it was always like surgeries and rehab and all this crap that I had no interest in doing. Yeah. And the reason I had no interest in doing it is because I always told my mom and dad, look, you raised me to love who I am, and I do love who I am, so why, why the hell should I have several surgeries and a lot of painful rehab if I'm okay with the way I am? Mm, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but I was under the age of 18, so I couldn't really make that decision <laughs> right, <yeah>. legally. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so, so the first thing... Was, and I'm just being totally open and completely honest with you, right, and, uh, and all of our listeners, because I think that's the only way to be. So the first thing was when I was 9 or 10 years old, this, doc, this foot doctor wanted to do surgery to correct my limp. Okay. Right? Yeah. And he was going to tear my tendons and, and just tear the back of my leg. Oh, it man. sounded horrible. Yeah, man. I was, I'm just I'm like, hearing that. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll keep yeah, the limp. I'm I'll like, keep the limp. <laughs> no, and, and then I, I, I would tell, I remember having these talks with my mom and dad and saying, look, my friends like me. I don't have trouble meeting people. Sure, I get made fun of, but every kid gets made fun of something. Right, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, whatever. And my friends don't make fun of me, just people that don't know me do, and that's okay. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 you can learn how to walk straight. And I'm like, I don't care. But they kept pushing it, right? Yeah. And then I remember right before the surgery, the doctor said, okay, so it's going to be one to three surgeries. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> oh, man. You guys are just saying one. And they're like, well, one to three. And I'm like, oh, man, no, I really don't want to do this. And this is all just strictly, specifically on your foot? Just my foot. Okay. This is just to correct my limp, okay. right? Okay, And I'll tell you what happened. They said that after the surgery, I would need to wear one of those, you know, those shoes that kids wear to correct their limp? Yeah, they had the, the kind of like those boot kind of things, right? Yeah. 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 And and by the time this happened, this was in the 70s, right? Mm. And, man, they were not like Nike or Skechers <laughs> or whoever makes them today. Right, right. They, they were like Frankenstein <laughs> ugly ass shoes with like the big metal bars exactly. on the outside yep. of them. Yep, exactly. Right? Yep. And, and to be honest, buddy, all I was thinking is, wait a minute. If I'm in love with Michelle Huff or Margaret Law or any other girl, and those are real people, by the way, <laughs> or, 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 or any other girl or, or, you know, Michelle Peck or any other girl that I'm crazy about growing up, how are they? It's hard for me. I was super shy back then. Yeah. Really shy. N- nothing like I am now. But I was thinking it's hard for me to go try to, like, talk to them anyway. If I've got this big Frankenstein boot on my left foot. Right. 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 For like six or eight months? There's oh, no way. That's a whole school year, yeah, man. Yeah, man, that's brutal. 
Now, it's brutal. Now, now, do you think part of your parents wanting, you know, kind of, I don't want to say dragging, but, you know, having you take these, you know, recorrective surgeries or whatever, do you think it was due to any kind of guilt they may have had? I mean, I got to imagine, I, I got to imagine they're like, man, it's my fault. He's this way, you know, like if I, you know, would have brought him to the hospital and didn't listen to the doctor or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, would have, could have, should have things. You know, I will tell. I will tell you this, Johnson, and and it's it's. I didn't think I'd say this on air, but I am going to say it. I still think they're guilty mm, to this day. Mm, yeah, and, and and I'm in my forties, and they're still guilty. Right. And whenever it comes up, I keep telling them, I have had an intensely, beautifully blessed life. I've been able to do things, meet people, and experience events that most people on planet Earth never get to do. Right. 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 And they and they always say. What's it have to do with your disability? And I always say, because my disability made me who I am. And who knows, if I weren't this person, maybe I don't get those experiences. Maybe right. things are different. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So I remember telling my dad, I'm like, Dad, you know, I get accessible seats at sporting events and concerts. <laughs> I, I drive my dream car. I have my dream career. I'm married to my dream woman. I've got my dream children. I'm fine. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no, and they'll, they won't admit that they're guilty, mm. but they're guilty. Yeah. I know they're guilty. Yeah. Just, just because they're like, are you sure you want to do a podcast about your disability? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, of course I'm sure. I've already done 33 of them. I'm like, really? My, my mom listens to him. I don't think my dad does. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it honestly hits my dad harder since he was in the room with me. Right, exactly, yeah. Because if he was the one right next to him, I mean, all it took was him just kind of turning away, you know? Yeah. See, that's why I, I've, I've had this talk with him before, and I've told him, hey, Dad, you know, it's not like you left the room and to go to, to go get drunk or something. He doesn't right. even drink. Exactly, yeah. Never, never been a drinker. It's like you turned around to get a you know, cup of tea. And guess what? I actually think that that was meant to happen to me. Uh, yeah, totally. Right? I, I do too. Yeah, I do too. And I think that I wouldn't be right here doing this podcast with you if that didn't happen. Exactly. So, and I like what we're doing, so I think it's <laughs> probably worth it. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so, what so, happened, sorry, sorry to get you off track there, but I, just, I was just wondering... No, you can always get me off track, Jonathan. This is good. <laughs> so, so story. yeah. So back back to your you know Frankenstein boot that you're that you're gonna have to wear. So I'm, I'm, I'm obviously you got the first surgery done. So what what like what was that like? What did that entail? Okay, so the first surgery was ripping up the entire back of my leg. I still have the scar today. Mm, mm. Like, did it go it, up it your calf or? Yeah, it went right up my uh, like the back of my ankle okay. for like twelve. For like 12 inches. Wow. Okay. All right. Right. So it looks really ugly. And I see it every time I take my sock off. (laughs) And and here's what's really sad. This is one thing I've always been self-conscious about. Mm. Um, My toes and my left foot don't move. Like they move very little. Like if I try really, really, really hard, they'll move a little bit. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they're all facing one direction because they look broken. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, and there's a reason that my daughters affectionately call my left foot daddy's ugly foot. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a big scar on the back of it. Yeah. 
the tones are all going one direction. And, you know, it's it's not pretty. It's yeah. not handsome. Yeah. But having said that, after the surgery, it just sucked. I wore the Frankenstein boot a little bit, but my mom would yell at me if I didn't tell the truth. I wore it for like two, three weeks, and then I'm like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm not doing this. As soon as my cast came off, I'm like, my Nikes are going back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Adidas or my Sears shoes or whatever I had at the time, <laughs> they're, they're going back on. Yeah. You know? And my mom's like, but you're going to get your limp back. And I'm like, mom, I never lost my limp. The the thing failed, right? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work. And I did like six months of physical therapy, mm. but it just didn't work. Yeah. And I actually will say, my mom will, of course, say that I'm lying, but I think it got worse. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it got worse because my foot wasn't as strong because the whole backside was all ripped up right right and it it took a lot longer my left side still to this day takes longer to heal than my right yeah right so it took forever to heal i didn't want to be made fun of with my frankenstein boot right and so i stopped wearing it you know after a couple weeks which i know is sad and there's people out there that say but if you did wear it it would work but not necessarily, because the results of the surgery were not anywhere near where they thought they could get it to. Ah, okay, okay. You know, so it's not like they said you're going to be completely perfect. Just work your foot out. They're right. like, eh, I didn't. Re- his foot didn't respond the way we thought it would. Right? Yeah. There's no way in capital H E L L that I would ever do two more surgeries. <laughs> like no, absolutely not. You know, especially since like I already had a limp before the cast. Right. And so the funny thing is, after the cast came off, people that didn't know me well. They're like, "Oh, dude, you're still limping." And I'm like, "I was limping before the cast, dude. What have you been blind? You've known me for four years." Right? Yeah. So that was phase two. Phase one was the actual injury. Phase two was the leg. Yeah. And then six years later, when I was 16 years old, Mm. there was this really high-end hand doctor that called my mom and dad and said, you know what? I've seen your son's medical file. I can fix his hand. And my mom and dad jumped up and down, said, great, we'd love you to meet our son. Yeah. So I I met this guy. The first thing he said to me mm. was, it'll be three to four surgeries. Right? Over over two to three years, and you're going to need five years of rehab. Wow. I'd be like, bye. <laughs> you know, it's totally different. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm 16 years old in 10th grade, right? Yeah. I know I don't want to go to – I mean, I love Kansas, but I know I didn't, I didn't want to go to college in Kansas. Right. So, so I'm like, well, you know, I want to go to UCLA. I want to move to California. I want to move out of state somewhere. Right, right. right. And if I – I don't want to commit to a five-year ordeal with surgeries if I'm going to be out of state. Yeah. And then my mom and dad are like, you're not going to be out of state. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm not, this doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to live in Kansas. I love it, but not forever. Yeah. 
So, and that, that was a lot of arguments, man. Yeah, I, I can remember. Imagine. I can it imagine. It was a lot of arguments. And you know what my biggest fear was? And this is really crazy. You know what my biggest fear was at the time? Mm. I had a lot of spasticity in my fingers and my left hand. Okay. My fingers have what's called, they still have what's called swan neck deformity. Yeah. So crooked and they look like a swan's neck, right? Yeah. But I had a tremendous amount of spasticity, which means that I've got like a gorilla grip on my left hand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which also meant that I could drive easier because my left hand could hold a steering wheel. Yeah. I could ride my moped really easy because my left hand wouldn't keep flying off the, the handlebar. Right. And most importantly, I could hit a baseball <laughs> because my left hand would stay on the back. Yeah. So I kept telling my mom and dad, I do not want one surgery, much less three to four over five years. But again, they kept on guilting me and saying, you could be perfect. You could be completely perfect. And I'm like, but I am completely perfect. Right? <laughs> so again, I lost that argument. Okay. Now. There's only one doctor that wanted to do the surgery, and he actually lived in Houston, and he was going to fly in for the surgery Okay. because he, he found my case really interesting, right? Yeah. So he laid out this three-and-a-half to five-year plan. I have the surgery. Surgery's done. Oh, and they told me this, too. They, they're like, the first surgery is going to make your, your hand worse, slightly worse. And then surgery two is going to make it better, and surgery three and four are going to make it 80 to 90% perfect. Okay. Right? So all I heard in that sentence was... Worse. The first surgery <laughs> make it worse. Yeah. I'm like, no. No. But long story short, I went through the surgery. Right after the surgery, you know, they wait two, three weeks for the swelling to go down. Right, right, exactly. Right? And And... The doctor, he's got his little clipboard. He's kind of a plump guy with glasses. And he's got his little clipboard. And he's like, okay, I've got some decent news for you. Uh And I'm like, decent. Decent news. (laughs) And he goes, we had predicted that your hand would get 40 to 50% worse after the first one. Okay. Right? And I'm like, Okay, so decent means it got 25 to 30% worse instead of 40 to 50. And he's like, no, we're thinking it got 50 to 60% worse. Cl- closer, closer to 60. And I, I, I can't tell yet because it's still in a cast. Right. 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 And I'm like, you're telling me I'm 60% worse off than I was before my surgery. A, a surgery I didn't want to do. Right, right. And he's like, hang in there, kid. You know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch it on the backside. We've got two more to go, two to three more surgeries to go. We'll get this straight, right? Yeah. And then to wrap up this massive, crazy ordeal, tell me what happens <laughs> two to three weeks later. I mean, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you got it out of the cast, and then it was worse. I got it out of the cast. It was worse. And then my my mom gets a phone call, and I hear her say, oh, my God, really? 
Oh, and I'm thinking, oh no. It's not a happy, oh my God. Right. It's a right. sad, oh my God. Right. Right. And I'm, a, I'm just thinking in my head. And then my mom goes, hey, son, that was the hospital. Your dad's going to tell you something when he gets home. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. You're not even going to tell me? And she's like, your dad will tell you when you get home. So my dad gets home. He sits me down. He goes, Hamad, I've got some news for you, son. And I already was thinking it's bad news. I knew it was bad news. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Remember that specialist that flew in from Houston? Oh, man. Don't tell me the, he died or something. The only one that wanted to attempt a series of surgeries, right? I'm like, yes. And, and they go, well, he just died of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only laughing because I'm trying not to cry. Man. But he... He died of a heart attack, right? Man. And I'm like, so now I'm 60% worse until we find another doctor to fix it? And they're like, well, that's a problem. He was like America's expert or one of the top experts in hand surgery. And nobody else kind of wants to mess with what he was attempting to do. Oh, man. So guess what, kid? Now you're 60% worse. Man. And that's how I became disabled. So, so I mean, so after after you got out of the cast and all that, I mean, did you notice it was significantly worse? Yeah, yeah. The one thing that I noticed what was really worse is my grip. Mm. You know, now I had to, when I played pickup baseball, which I never gave up, I had to put, I still have to when I do co-ed games or whatever. Yeah. I've got to put my right hand over my left hand on the bat. Okay. And if you ever try doing that, you'll learn that it really lessens your ability to hit. Yeah, totally, totally. It, it, it really makes your, your whole posture pretty weak, right? So that is the journey on how I became who I am. Man, that is crazy. I can't believe the doctor died. That is crazy. Wrapping up that story, can I tell you something really weird that happened? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not, I mean, weirder than you're, you're the only doctor that can do that. <laughs> the surgery yeah. passes away. Almost as weird. <laughs> Almost as weird. In the late 1990s, so now I'm a complete adult. Yeah, right? yeah. I used to be a member of the foundation room at the House of Blues on Sunset Boulevard. So one day... I was in the foundation room, and there's this really large man sitting down having a drink, and people were around him. So I asked one of the waitresses, I said, you know, who is that? And they go, that's Christian Okoye. He used to run for the— Oh, man, the Nigerian nightmare. Nigerian nightmare, who used to—he was there because at the time, I think, he just retired from the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Right? But before then— he was a Kansas City Chief. Yeah, yep. So I walked up to him and I said, hey, Christian, I grew up in Kansas City. Can I buy you a drink? Right? And he's like, of course, of course, sit down, <laughs> sit down. So I'm having a Dr. Pepper and he's having some like $28 cocktail that he charged me for. Right? Yeah. $28 way back then. Yeah, right? ex- yeah exactly. Exactly. So, so he's having his drink. And while we're just chit-chatting, 
this random man shows up, right? And he's very fit, mid to late 50s, white hair with rainbow-colored glasses, like really wild-framed mm. rainbow-colored glasses, mm. right? He looked like, like an art deco dude. Okay, right? yeah. And he sits down across from me, and he says hi to Christian because he says he's from Kansas City. Okay. Right? Okay. And he sits down across from me, and he points at me, and he goes, you're Hamad. And I'm like, yep, I am. And he's like, you're Hamad Zaidi. And I said, yes, I am. I'm sorry, did we meet at a film festival or, you know? Yeah, yeah. Thinking a guy that's dressed really hip with those kind of glasses at that age has to be in the arts. Right, right, right. And then he shook his head and he goes, no, but you don't remember me? And I just politely said, you know, I, I don't, I'm sorry. He's like, I was your neurologist at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. No kidding. Isn't that crazy? Man, that is crazy. And he goes, you've got the same face. And notice your limp. You've got the same thing with your hand. And it just had to be you. That's, that is so crazy. What's, what's <laughs> crazy about that is one thing that I've always thought would be a benefit for me, which I've always believed is a benefit for me, mm. is that people remember me. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether they like me or dislike me, they remember me. And that's a very powerful tool in all parts of life. Totally. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy that people say, I don't think I ever met you before. You want to be the guy that people say, oh, yeah, we met. Whether it's good or bad. Yeah. being, Being remembered is really good. Right. You know? Yeah. But I just wanted to toss that story in because it was. You know, it dealt with the whole Kansas City thing in my medical care. Yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty awesome, especially meeting Christian McCoy. He was my favorite running back back in the day. The dude was incredible. Yeah, he He was. was (laughs) You know what? If Christian by any chance hears this, I doubt he will. But if he ever does, hey, buddy, you buy me a Dr. Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) You owe me a drink. Exactly. No, but, man, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it's good. But the reason I wanted to talk about how I got disabled today is I wanted to just remind people that I'm okay with it. I always have been. I always will be. And I do not underline the words do not see it as a negative in my life yeah, at all. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, no. And I, I, just, I, I, go I, ahead. I feel the same way as you. Like, there are people that are like, Oh, you know, w- would you ever see again? Like, what if they, you know, they create like these robotic eyes or like camera eyes and they can like, you know, implant them into your brain where your eyes were like, would you ever do that? And I was like, my, my answer right away, like, I'm just like, no, like even, I, I'd think about it, but I'm 99% sure the answer would still be no. Like, sure. Am I missing out on a couple of things or whatever? But I think the, the good outweigh the bad of, of my, the state that I'm in and I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to change it. Yeah, I will say this, though. Now that you put that on record, my friend, if there's ever robotic eyes that give you sight, <laughs> I'm going to fly to Connecticut, lasso you, <laughs> take you down to the clinic, and make sure you at least try it. Yeah, I don't, I, like I said, there's, there's, there's pros and cons that come with seeing, and I think the pros outweigh the cons, but, you know, that, 
don't know. Like you, I, I'm afraid I would change. Like that. You, you I, mean, I think you, that's you, part you, of it. You mean you mean you think the cons outweigh the pros? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm afraid, like, if I could see, it, it would sort of change. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not, but I feel like if I would, if I could see again, I maybe wouldn't appreciate or or still act the same way that I do not seeing. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell without going through it. I guess you know. Yeah, but you know, people ask people ask me the same question all the time. That if there's a hand surgery that could fix your hand and a surgery that could fix your leg where you could have total, complete use of both, would you do it? You know my answer always is? I don't know. My answer is always the same. It's always like, well, I've got the most unbelievable accessible tickets at Staples Center for the Lakers. (laughs) So if I no longer have a disability, am I losing my Lakers tickets? Because if that's the case, then there's no way in hell... And the answer really being, hey, you know what? It it would change your life in ways that you don't know. Yeah. And it may make make my life better, but I don't know if it would. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, like my usual answer is always, hey, I'm happy the way I am. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to be able to drive, like, not have to have my wife, you know, do everything when we go somewhere. But, hey, Google, if you're listening, I'll take an autonomous car when you're ready. Oh, I'll, I'll test one out for you. But, you know, it's like little things like that that would be like, you know, it'd be it'd be nice if I could see to do this or to do that. But it's like, you know, I don't know. Okay, but Jonathan, man, I've got one for you. I've got one that you will not say no to. You <laughs> want to hear it? Sure, yeah. What if you could get bionic eyes? That were like contacts where you put them in when you wanted and you took them out when you that, wanted. That would be interesting. I'd have to say that that would definitely be intriguing for sure. If I could be like, oh, I need to drive. Let me put my eyes in. Boom. And then like, <laughs> How cool would that be? I need, to, I need to drive. Let me put my eyes in. You know, and then I get home and then boop, pop my eyes out and just go back. To, that, that, you know, honestly, that actually would be, maybe be pretty cool where I could control you know, when, when I want to see, like only when I absolutely have to, you know? Yeah. If I could be not disabled for certain parts of the day, I would do it when I'm not going to sporting events. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> or when you park in the handicapped spot, you know, you're like, oh. exactly. take it off and park in the handicapped spot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, man. Um, yeah, this one was a, this is, I, I tried very hard not to get him emotional in this one and i think i may have succeeded just because people can't see my face right now but i really 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 love doing this and i think it's probably a good place to wrap this one up yeah definitely it was a great episode um yeah yeah yeah. thank you for sharing yeah so you want to wrap up yeah yeah so if you guys want to check us out we're on itunes google play youtube stitcher radio everywhere and anywhere on the internet we are trying to be found so you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook and uh you know thank you to everyone downloading and sharing and spreading the word and uh you know thanks to again the the person that uh, let us know the website is being a bit wonky so we took care of that so you should be able to visit again and you know binge listen to a few of the episodes that you missed so again thanks everyone that's uh, listening and downloading um hamad how can they uh, reach us they can contact us at info at limpingoncloud9.com, info at limpingoncloud9.com. That is the number nine if you have any questions or comments. And we love hearing from you, and we love the fact that you're listening to us. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we will talk to you next episode. See ya.